0: Hey, I'm Brady Becker, and I'm Martin Walker, and this is True Enough, a podcast about True Detective Season 2.
1: Hey, welcome back, this is True Enough, and uh, now on iTunes, actually, (coughs) check us out there on two platforms now, we're feeling pretty good about ourselves. (laughs) We are. Yeah, mighty. But uh, doing this podcast, um, uh, we've realized a couple of things. One... My laugh is highly distinct and borderline annoying, I think. Probably not even borderline. I apologize for it. It's out there. But what can I say? I'd love to laugh. I you should, too. I strongly disagree with the idea that Brady's laugh is annoying. Besides the point, I'll cut you off there. <laughs> Number two, Walker over here really likes to cuss. I mean, the kid's got really kind of a sailor's mouth. I mean, you're a really little loose, man. I respect you for it. But no regard for the innocent ears out there. I mean, we could have kids listening.
0: <laughs> for a second, I was about to say I'm not going to cuss this episode.
1: But fuck that. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's no way to do a podcast. No, no yeah, way, we, no. we, we have earned our explicit rating on iTunes. <laughs> Very proud of it. That's just, the way, that's just the kind of branding we wanted, isn't it? Yeah, most certainly is. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's jump right into an initial reaction.
0: Um, this episode wasn't too bad, man, huh? Thank Christ this episode wasn't too bad, because I was really getting nervous there. We I mean, yeah. talked about it a lot last time. Yeah, but... I mean, I still think we're settling
1: for mediocre this season on the whole, but uh, the show got a bit of a rebirth. We, uh, we get the time hop of about sixty-six six days, um, so something that True detective's no stranger to. They kind of did kind of some, some different timeline stuff last season. We got two hops through time, but I, I always enjoy it when they do it. It's kind of it's kind of fun to see the transformation and the progression of characters when there is such a big lapse in time, and kind of see what, what the follow-up is and everything. You know, um, and as to be expected, the investigation was conveniently pinned on Lido and the Mexicans, mm. um, but from the, the aftermath really wasn't too substantial for um, that botched operation. I mean, they really no. messed that operation up, too. That's a really good point. They didn't uh, didn't talk about that very No, much. there wasn't there wasn't too much discussion about it. You almost kind of forget about it. Um, but, like, it always makes sense because, you know, Vinci's so corrupt. because yeah. so There wouldn't be a whole lot of follow-up. They can just pin it on Lido and call it a day, and everybody, everybody's everybody got the hand out, right? So, yeah, I mean, obviously there's
0: follow-up in the sense that they're going to try and launch another investigation on the side but yeah, was not the there wasn't I thought
1: there'd be more people yeah. like uh, you know like Bezzarini's is now exiled to the basement but it's more or less for sexual harassment other than right. totally botching that whole investigation Um Ray's now a consultant congratulations on the uh, promotion if you will right um, and Woodrow's now Detective Woodrow but still hates himself yeah oh really hates himself it's it's not, not still a great thing. place yeah, yeah. Not, not necessarily but um and it's been better. Maybe. I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> Although we're, we're finally starting to get more of a coherent plot. More and more connections are starting to take place. Um, still, like, a lot of moving pieces all at the same time, all going on at once. But the bigger picture is starting to come together. You're kind of seeing where all these loose ends start to tie together. Um, and, you know, the show is just kind of starting to go in a new direction. We have this new kind of uh, under-the-books investigation with just the three of them. So I'm, I'm, there's new intrigue. So I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I, like I said, we're still settling for mediocrity here. But, like, there's definitely promise in these last three episodes. This Um, one wasn't
0: bad. I'm really excited to see uh, Bezri's past moving forward. We're going to get a glimpse of it. Or we got a glimpse of it, and we're going to get a look at it in the next episode. I want to see how she's internally motivated more than we have seen as the season's gone on so far. And also, I called this, and I'm proud of it. Hey! Um, Yeah, let's jump into characters now. Let's get into into Vel'Coro. Should we get into Vel'Coro? Yeah, why not? All right. I have this new program, see, mm-hmm. because my powers of influence are so meager in the sublunar world of ours, I try to limit the people I can disappoint, and I make sure to know the difference between my obligations and somebody else's. I, I think it's a real shame that Ray is a maniac, because he all of his motivations are really pure, if you look at it. Like, all the things that he does, he wants to be a good father to his son, mm-hmm. and he's really trying to better himself. He just goes about it in an absolutely terrible, terrible way, like... Um the first episode when he beats up his son's father or his son's bully's father, there's no yeah, reason to do that. But at the root of the you know, he's just, you know, at the root of the problem, he's got good intentions, you know. Just yeah.
1: wants to give mid America of a of, of a huge epidemic, of bullying, you know?
0: <laughs> you see where it's coming from. Yeah, it just kills me. He's an obstacle to himself. He just gets in his own way. <laughs> but um so also, like considering how violent Right, Ray has been in the past I don't think that the dynamic between himself and Frank has a whole lot of hope for the future but I think in the short term what's going to happen is Frank's wife will come out and kind of like put, uh, put a stop to the current situation so I don't think Frank is about to die or anything because you saw in the preview how they both have pistols pointed at each other at yeah, the, the table of, uh-huh. so um, and then the other thing that I'm concerned about with Ray is we started to see a little bit of a backslide this episode. So, like, obviously, mm-hmm. he's doing the. Uh... Yeah, I gotta give shouts to my boy over here, though. Huge credit to this kid over here. We might have a true detective in the
1: room right now. First of all, he called he called it, folks, from episode one that Frank set up Ray with a, with a false uh, um, attacker, a rapist. So, congratulations on that. And we're also starting to see the downfall of Ray due to this, uh, you know, the paternity thing. Um, so I think Walker, hey, that's up to you. This kid, this kid's calling shots on the show. Ray's
0: like your typical Jewish mother. Take a minute to glow, would you? Way too proud of her son for mediocre accomplishments. But anyway. I'm mediocre in the slightest. Okay. It's beside the point. I think we're starting to see Ray's big slide take hold though. He's yep. drinking a little bit more. He mm-hmm. hates the work he's doing for Frank. That scene where he's in the, uh. Slum. You can just tell he's dying, and he sees those kids in the kitchen. And he can barely yeah. Spanish out. is really
1: coming along for him now. Love yeah, to see so that.
0: Yeah, he's getting worldly. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. It's cultured, <laughs> if anything. Frank's giving <laughs> him, you know, giving him a lot of opportunities. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of opportunities to
0: grow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> can we just take a minute, real quick, just a brief moment of silence for Ray's push broom? Um, he's <laughs> <laughs> since he's kicking <laughs> now. R. Oh, P. his mustache! Yeah, his mustache. Okay. R.I.P. Right. Velcoro's mustache. Just a brief moment for all listeners. I thought you like broke a broom or something. Hey, don't be disrespectful. Can we take okay. him moment of silence? All right, thank you. That's good. <laughs> they say you're like not supposed to leave that space on the podcast. <laughs> Podcasting 101. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, Walker's pegged it. You know, Frank has set uh, Velcoro up from day one, and now you're really starting to see um, Velcoro unravel again. Um, but on top of that, man, if I can see Ray beat the shit out of one person per week on the show, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. A lot more intrigue if he... It would make for very compelling television, to be honest. <laughs> Ray could just, like, spin around and just pick somebody to beat up every week and it wouldn't be bad. Basically what
0: happens as of right now.
1: Yeah. but Yeah, but, like... <laughs> we'll get into it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Have no fear, audience. <laughs> Holy mother of God, did feral nail that scene where he's told he killed the wrong an innocent man yeah, where yeah. he's told by the Attorney General oh man his eyes tell you everything man like that, that scene was so powerful the way he kind of quivers his lip and oh man nominate his ass for an Emmy this minute get out of here <laughs> seriously without Farrell though this season could have been a real dumpster fire yeah it's true he's been
0: saving grace in a lot of ways yeah so no he's is. been fantastic he's, he's been so strong I think Rachel McAdams has had um uh, she hasn't had an equal performance, but I don't think that's her fault. I She's been strong, true. but I think Velcora, he was given the best character and he's done the most with right, it. Right, he, sure. he was given the best character. I think his, his performance has just been really, too. Although, I think Frank Semyon yeah, has potential to be a good character. So it does, but like, it's been so fucked up. Yeah, much yeah, yeah, it's just been,
1: it's been poor. Well, let's move on to Semyon, huh? Let's get right into Frank right now. Uh, Frank, I helped, I know, but I don't want to be some fucking gangster's wife.
0: You know that word bothers me. Because me, I didn't ask for this world. I took it as gangster. I was born drafted on the wrong side of a class war. So fuck that gangster shit. So I thought Frank was way more interesting this episode. Yeah, we get a bit of progression with Frank's storyline, if you want to call it that. Yeah, yeah, you (laughs) did. And it was nice. And also, I think my favorite part about Frank this episode is you finally uh, brought up the issue of class. With his, yep. um, with what he's what he's doing with his life, basically, and so I thought this was interesting because we got to look into his internal motivations, how he justifies mm-hmm. what he does, and basically he's saying that since he didn't have the same opportunity as other people did, he's justified in doing these criminal activities, and he doesn't want to associate with criminals, and he doesn't want to see himself that way. Fuck that gangster shit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Frank is all about fucking that gangsta shit. Um, but that's that's really. Um, so like he does all these terrible things, and his wife points out he's he's a pimp now, and yeah, he just intimidates Tim you know, Frank. Yeah. Terrible actress Jesus. Yeah. I just can I just point out that there's just there's still no chemistry.
1: At all. I mean, they have a lot of scenes there this week. There's no chemistry between those two leads at all. It's just it's terrible. I mean, it's like the chemistry is non-existent. It's like it's like moms and explicit rap music. They just
0: don't vibe <laughs> at all, dude. <laughs> That's a phenomenal analogy. That's a great. Well done. But it's, anyway, I mean, he's. Oh, he shakes down the slums. That's the absolute bottom of the barrel. Like, he's just taking advantage. Actually, that's an interesting point. He's complaining about class and then taking advantage yeah, of the class. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's some irony right
1: there. Um, some more of the dialogue I liked out of um, Semyon this week, though, is he talked about the design, how things, are, how things aren't part of the design. The kid isn't part of the design right now, or we don't have the bandwidth for that, or some of the quotes. <laughs> in, in general, I don't think Semyon responds very well when things don't go to design, you know? Um, he's got things like very mapped out in his head, but when things don't go to design, he just—he's not very good at reacting. He's not very good at thinking on his feet, you know. No, he's not. He just really it. isn't, you know. And that's a huge character flaw on his part. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't respond well to adversity
0: in general. And thank God that the adversity between him and his wife has cooled down. So we we'll have to see those interactions. Oh uh, like. yikes! Yeah, a piece of mind or
1: something. It's, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> He's bad. Hey, and the, the water stains are gone off the top of the, the ceiling you now. that go the Glendale, too. <laughs> Love to see that. Yeah, really
0: yeah. subtle analogy. Right? <laughs> yeah. <Wow. laughs> Our world isn't so fragile anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> really
1: Good one. No, but I'm excited for Frank's character now because he's starting to get more in the mix of the plot. We're starting to see more of the ties, like I mentioned before. Um, he's going to be more mixed in with the three other leads. He's going to be—he's going to be on the hunt for that same hard drive with all the blackmail on it. Yeah. So we kind of got part of the story there, where Chizani and Casper were kind of inviting like these high-ranking officials to like these sex parties and kind of like taping them incons- inconspicuously to, um, you know, to be able to, you know, use it as leverage. And now it seems like Blake has taken Casper's spot on that team. So now you can see how you know Vince Vaughn's really tying into the main storyline. Yeah. Hopefully, there'll be more yeah. interaction with him and the three other leads. Yeah. Because that, I think that needs to be, that needs to happen for this really to pick up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Bezrini's. Yeah, what do you think?
0: Yeah, it's not just length. Everybody's always talking length, but it's fine. I mean, girth too. I really want to have trouble handcuffing the thing. Like,
1: yeah, um, you know, her character interestingly. This week, you know, she gives up the E6, she's doing the real darts now. I'd love to see that. Why not just kill your lungs? I don't know. Um, but I, I really like the energy we got out of Bezreeds this episode, you know. Um, her, we get to see that great scene between her and Velcoro sitting down at the bar, and she's, got, she's energized. Um, you know, she just can't rest with things unsolved. You know, she knows that, you know, Leto wasn't the true perpetrator of this, um, and it, you know, kinda, you can draw the comparison between her character and Russ Cole even further with this where she's you know she can't rest until the case is solved and she's you know, she's seeking justice you know even if it's on her own time um, but uh, you or
0: know detective like shit yeah classic
1: detective <laughs> shit <laughs> but uh, you get her and um her and on the opposite side of the bar and they're both in kind of or opposite sides of you know the, the table the booth and they kind of are in different opposite sides or opposite positions right now because um, you know, Valcoro mentions earlier the whole investigation was just off, you know, he wants to but he wants to remove himself from all of it. Mm-hmm. But an- Ani or Annie can't help but stay persistent. She wants to solve the case, she wants her redemption. she craves it, she wants justice. She can't just she can't stand being belittled
0: to an evidence locker either, you know? I mean? Yeah, this is obviously bullshit. Like we the audience knows it's bullshit, but Yeah. Okay. Sorry to with point. But yeah, yeah, I mean that's about all I gotta say. You know, you get quotes
1: from her like the, nobody fucking cares, like well you know, everybody's got the hand out. But you get that quote, too, where she says, it's never too late to start all over again. And this episode was kind of a start over for the series, almost.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, I think my take on Ani is, I just realized that, actually, we've had some we've had some dissent about how to pronounce Ani's name. Yeah, there's been some critics. So sure the, yeah, the detective in the show said Ani, so we're going to go with Ani, but one of our producers insists that it's actually pronounced Annie. We're going to say all we want, okay? Yeah. Okay? <laughs> all right? Good. Okay, thanks. <laughs> um, I realized that they haven't really... we talked about it before, but a lot of is just concentrated on making Bezerides into the cool badass, but she he hasn't really developed what mm-hmm. her internal motivations are. Mm-hmm. So I liked her in this episode, because as Brady said, we had a better idea that she's motivated by doing the things that nobody else will, mm-hmm. and upholding a standard of justice, which is nice to see. Mm-hmm. It makes her character a lot more likable, in my opinion. Still not a great detective, Nobody is on the show, but no one is Russ Cole on the show. There's not a single that's, Russ Cole. <laughs> Everybody kinda of sucks. I think Ali oh, might be alright, but that whole situation in the last episode wasn't great.
1: You know what's terrible is Dixon might, you know, Velcoros from our partner that got popped. Yeah, yeah, he might have yeah. been the best detective out of the bunch. You think so? Corrupt as hell, yeah. I mean he generated the most leads and whatnot. Yeah, dude, that's a really good He thing. was kinda of one step ahead did. on the blue, Diamond, too, yeah, he got blue, blue diamonds, too. Yeah, like he,
0: he found let all the oh.
1: connection to the pawn shop might have been like set up. yeah so there's well, that. Head over, so yeah okay anyway. not great at their job yeah so. nobody is.
0: So yeah I was excited to see um, what Annie's character was about I guess for lack of a better term this mm-hmm. episode but also I said it earlier I'm really looking forward to her going back to the place where she was from when we got. A brief shot of that town, and it looks like a weird place. You have the hippie on the bike, which is not really weird in and of itself, but then that was very uh, ex- uh, explicitly contrasted with the man carrying the oversized cross. Cross, cross. yes. Yeah, that was absolutely bizarre, absolutely but... nowhere. That was absolutely bizarre. Mm-hmm. So, um, this I think this next episode is going to be a, like probably the biggest frame. The well, I'm really excited for the next episode. next episode for Annie. I think it's going to happen I'm next episode. now she's in
1: our head. I don't Bonnie, care. I'm just... Okay. As- well, like know, I said, I'm gonna say I don't want to. Should we just say and I? <laughs> and I. <laughs> I'm i excited for her next episode because um, she's gonna go undercover to one of these sex parties, and there's there's rumored to be a big orgy scene this season. It might just be coming up actually, but this will be it'll be a really like intriguing scene because you know we know of Annie, Annie's uh, sexual exploits in the past, and now she's going un- undercover to one of these sex parties, and how it's all gonna unravel. I, I'm just, I'm gonna be fascinated by. it. I'm really excited for it. Very nice. And Rachel McAdams, does she rock a full police
0: uniform or what?
1: Yeah. I want more of that. You're beautiful, Rachel you could, McAdams. <laughs> just so we're clear. You're beautiful. You could really get it. It's true. Oh nice <laughs> Rachel Yeah, you can really
0: get it. I hope that it's, a, it's our real hope that somebody who really likes Drake has been listening to all of these and gotten every single Drake reference we've made. Because they've at the least one in every single That's episode. If you're out there, a little Easter eggs for everybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're welcome. All right, let's move on to Woody, our boy, Paul Woodrow, huh?
0: You took it. How the fuck could you? Took what, Polly? You know what? The money, the money I brought back from Afghanistan, 20 fucking thousand dollars, Cynthia. He's calling him Woody, which is, that's pretty funny. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Uh, he had a decent episode, I think the gay thing is getting a little bit overwrought, and why I think that is, um, we live in a world that's becoming vastly more accepting of gays, mm-hmm. like you see, the le- gay marriage was legalized, so it's more difficult to empathize with him, because I think one that if he, right, one love, absolutely, we're in full support of gay marriage, up. but anyway, I think, it, uh, I think it's difficult to empathize with him, because if he would just accept himself as an individual, it's not like he'd be a social pariah or anything. There'd mm-hmm. be plenty of support for him, so he's, you know, I'm not trying in to say... In his mind, though, he, he doesn't want to be gay, you know, though? Yeah, so, like, I'm not trying to say that's a, that's an easy thing to overcome, mm-hmm. but it's not as though if he did just acknowledge the fact that he's gay, he would be completely out of luck, or everybody would hate him, or something like that. It's just, the, he's getting in his own way right now, yeah, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, most definitely, yeah. So, what I'm actually more excited for is kind of find out what was the shady shit that he was getting up to in Afghanistan. Yeah, that. Black Mountain. That's, yep. that's what I think should start taking... In. Dude, I, I, don't dude, I don't think there'll be any more details about that, to be honest. I think it's just okay, going to be kind of a murky pass. I think, yeah, I don't think they'll dive too much more into, like, the scars and stuff. I, I I don't see where it'll fit into the rest of yeah, the season. Yeah, no, I was just about to say, I don't think it's going to go that way, but I think they need to resolve the gay issue sooner rather than later. Something, maybe. yeah, there needs to be some sort of a resolution of that. Well, my point on
1: which another great scene with Lujo and mother, like whoever, that actress that plays the, the his mother is just wonderful. I don't know her name, but she's, every single scene she's had, she's been great, and they, they those two have great chemistry, I think. They're, that's fun to watch, yeah. right? It's good. Um, and it, it plays on one of the great themes of the season, too, which is, you know, parenting. And Maybe we'll get into more of that theme later we have more time to discuss, but I thought Taylor Kitsch did a pretty good job in that scene overall. I mean, his, his approach was just kind of scream as odd as he could and get really heated, <laughs> um, but it, it was pretty effective. It wasn't like, you know, the best act I've ever seen. I, you know, I think Valcora or Farrell's method is uh,
0: superior, yeah. but yeah, I thought Kitsch stole the spotlight there for the most yeah. part. Actually, with that scene too, I thought this was interesting. I don't know if he did this on purpose, but it seemed to me as though Pizzolatto was taking shots at radical feminists because you heard um, Paul's mom say if I was some a man, yep. I would yeah, rule the world, world yeah. and, which is bullshit, obviously, because she yeah. out and she just sits on her couch yeah. all day, so like, that's the line of thinking that someone who's a radical feminist would have. Mm-hmm. Has no real relevance to character development or the storyline, but I just thought point it out.
1: No, in. great point.
0: Yeah, definitely. What do you want Yes. Yeah, hey, good. Hey, let's, let's, get into, let's get into some of the goodies now. How about
1: K-Segment? You want to <laughs> start us off, or shall I? Uh you, uh, you start us off, man. Yeah, you so, here. uh, Wardrobe. Woody! Buddy, that's kind of a new thing. Buddy, I realized your mom really pulled a fast one by stealing your twenty grand, but you've been keeping your life savings in a backpack in a trailer park. Think about that for a second, okay? This is in the 1930s. Banks are now insured, buddy. Savings accounts are safe. Credit unions. Heck, even under your mattress or personal piggy bank would have been safer than a backpack in a trailer park. At your half-cooked mom's house, okay?
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is made way funny by the fact that both of us work at credit unions. Yeah. Oh, the I worked at a bank, not a credit union. I thought I could say that. Okay, well that makes you a shittier person because everybody knows credit unions. Uh, well, it's not. This is. A discussion yeah, this for is a long not the platform. Anyway, we'll get into it afterwards. Yeah, same. Like, so yeah. We'll record it. Yeah. <laughs> um, my next segment goes out to Combo Rick Springfield. <laughs> Eternalized forever, obviously. <laughs> and uh, Ray Velcoro, I don't. What is? I don't even know Rick Springfield's name. I don't. Know. Oh, Pittler, Pittler, Pittler. Yeah, the psychiatrist. Yeah, Pittler. Okay, so the scene where Ray goes to beat him up. Okay, first of all, Ray, let's get into you. Why, man? Why did you feel the need to do that much damage? Yeah, like, my question is, why not? Because it's just. God damn it. All right, fine. I guess. No, he got his point across with, like, one hit of the baton. The guy was done. He was like, yeah, I'll tell you whatever you need to know. And then afterwards, I don't know, like, did Ray kill him? Because he, like, uh, definitely hit him some more. Yeah, I don't think he killed him, but, you know. Okay. Message was clear. Yeah, okay. And really excessive. K okay, Ray. Jesus Christ. Lock it down. But anyway, I'm Hitler. One, once a week. One good beating out of Ray once a week. That's all yeah, I ask. I don't think we're going to have too many problems going forward. <laughs> <laughs> Hitler. When he tries to like talk him down at the very beginning, okay. Not what you should have done there. Turn to dig into his psyche. Yeah, you like shouldn't antagonize Ray Balkor when he's about to beat the shit out hey, of Hey, listen to me, I know what's going on in <laughs> your mind right now. Yeah. Let me <laughs> Ray, I'm just gonna break it down for you quick. Yeah, no, just hold off on beating the fuck out of you. <laughs> yeah, let's get to the bottom of this. What are you feeling about this? <laughs> anyway, that could have been approached differently, but it was a good interview. It was nice it was a nice scene, I guess. That was really intense actually. That was great. Oh man.
1: Failed kills another one. What can I say? All right, let's dig into the melodrama segment. You know, I had a, I had a few favorite lines. You know, if we're getting onto the Rick Springfield on the, the, the Pittler stuff, his line when he told Ray what he does, I make eights into tens. <laughs> think about What a life, huh? Yeah, what a You can make eights into tens for a living. What a scumbag. Holy shit. What a tagline for a business card. Like <laughs> Pittler, psychiatrist, plastic surgeon, I make eights into tens. Jesus Christ. That's, I mean,. Yeah. I commend him for his handiwork to society. Thank you, sir. We're going to make sure that people know you're being sarcastic. Yeah, here. can you tell the sarcastic friends? Yeah. There's nothing like an all-natural girl out there.
0: Yeah, Brady actually, like, women everywhere. Actually, everyone should love this. Brady refuses to use the word ugly. He won't no. call people ugly. No. It's really, not true. actually, it's a really nice thing.
1: Chill with no makeup on. That's when you're the prettiest girl. I hope you don't take it wrong. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to drop one one of my favorite lines. I think a lot of you heard this one this week out of uh, Semyon. You know, Semyon's g- kind of getting known for his ridiculous lines this season. He's kind of um, the Russ Cole of uh, season one, where he'll just say, like, the most... It's like an outlet for Pizzolatto to say his most philosophical shit. Except, like, not nearly as tight. No, not nearly as okay. tight at all. Like, the there. execution just isn't quite there. Huh? Nice but anyway, the <laughs> here we go. Yeah. The enemy won't reveal itself, Raymond. Stymies my retribution. It's like blue balls. In your heart, <laughs> blue balls in your heart. <laughs> yeah, for real. Could it just be blue balls? Like, can we just say it's like blue balls? Like, why do the blue balls have to be in your heart? I think I think the simile the, the metaphor there would still be just as effective. If you said it. it's like blue balls. I don't think the blue balls have to be in your heart. I don't know. I think it's on purpose that like uh, Frank always uses ridiculous, ridiculous vocabulary. Oh my. God. I read something, somebody thought it was because, you know, Frank, the class thing that you were stating before that Frank kind of uses as a, a device to kind of like make up for his social class or yeah. you know, to make it seem like, you know. So we've got some real gems out of them. A few that I had to look up. Uh, apoplectic
0: is a good one. I've never, I've never, I've never a said that. Apoplectic, yeah. Op- ap- nobody ap- says that in conversation. It's, it's hard to say. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 really, it's really tough to say. <laughs> it's
1: Loosh. Yeah, bat. no, that was a great one. Certain strange. Yeah. You? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then he
0: tells. He asks Blake if he knows what loosh. What a loosh is. <laughs> All right, go ahead. What's your melodrama segment? Uh, mine's from. Mine's a pretty obvious one. I get too creative. I'm sorry, folks, but it's from Frank's wife when they're talking about adoption. <laughs> I think you were saying no to the kid you want to wear. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Frank's, Frank's yeah. lucky to have her. Uh, that was just like that was, that Frank was couldn't me. figure that himself. He couldn't figure that out himself. And yeah. yeah, that was just corny. Actually, that's really my problem with it like this, That sounds like something you read in a fucking like pop psychology book. Like you remember uh, Chicken Noodle Soup? Remember those books? No. Okay, shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> really, just showed too much in my hand there. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, they like it says a lot about you. The, like, psychology books are, like, tweens, basically. You, okay. Like, it's just, all, I don't know. If anybody is listening is a red chicken noodle soup, they'll get that reference. Okay. you welcome. All right. Great. Yeah.
1: Question segment. I got a few for Walker here. Um, say we had one too many beers before the podcast. Scratch that. Say we got kind of juiced, maybe piss-hammered before this podcast. Wow. Would <laughs> it still be as fire as it is when we're sober? I feel like we owe it to the show to be, like, piss-drunk for at least one episode. Yeah. Right, I have some thoughts on that. Like sure.
0: a, I think it's absolutely valid that you just called our podcast fire. Yeah. I mean, we have like 67 listens. Fire. Fire. Play. anyway. Try to use fire as much as you can, folks. <laughs> <laughs> just, just advice. Yeah, if you want to like change a song, don't say, can I change a song? Say, can I throw on some fire? Because you know that oxcord will be fire as soon as you get in your hands. Man sarcastic I hope people are getting it yeah you. seriously use, right? use it sarcastically please <laughs> but anyway Locke, um, what's the answer to that um, alright here are my thoughts I think that we should next week maybe record an episode you know what well, we do do what we do because why would you change something that's perfect yeah the recipe's good absolutely and then maybe after that we get piss drunk also record an episode <laughs> and we release full them simultaneously <laughs> listeners you decide. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like All right. that. All right. Move <laughs> forward. What do you got for me? Um, do you think that there's any chance that Annie Ani's boss is able to come through you know, with her promise of getting Ray's son back, or well, not son? Actually. Is
1: there any general? Yeah, I, I think so. I think easily. No, yeah. I think I think she has the strength to pull. I don't think. I think I think she definitely does. See, I think that scene was interesting because I think she knows that Ray definitely killed an innocent man. I think she was using that just to kind of get him going, to fuel him a little bit. I think she was aware that Ray killed an innocent guy, which say like, "Oh, did you see um, the guy that actually got off?" I think she was kind of exposing Semion a little bit, actually, to kind of get her, get Frank more on her side.
0: Uh, I think she used it as leverage. Do you think she would? Uh, do you think she would come through on that? No, I honestly think so. Yeah, you don't think so, or I why? I do you think totally so? don't. So you okay, think it's an empty like, promise, song? Absolutely, because like, look at. She told actually, Swanny and Claire. Swanny and Claire are our producers. Swine <laughs> and Claire and I were talking about this last night. If you look at the beginning of the season, uh, she tells Bezerides to manipulate him, yep. and she also. Um, thinks, she thinks that Rip Elphor is a scumbag so, so she doesn't feel morally obligated to do anything for him so I don't think I think that's an entirely empty promise I think It's going to be another yeah, situation that's a, that's a good
1: that point yeah that's a good point
0: well I, well I think to be honest okay here's a little more
1: perspective I think one of these characters is going to go down pretty soon here down is but in dying dying there's four there's four okay. main characters I think Pizzolatto, like, if you have four main characters, you can definitely waste one of them. And I'm <laughs> thinking it's probably going to be Valcora. We've kind of talked about it before. There's been the foreshadowing of with the purgatory scene. And it just did. seemed like they're setting Valcora up to be super likable yeah. to kind of kill him off, to be honest. So I don't Not think it's even going to come to that. Why would you do that, though? I wish Frank would get killed. Was... It's, there's a good chance of Frank dying, too, because he's got, you know, he's yeah. the most, he's, he's exposed to him. the most violent. People yeah. are after him more than, you know, after yeah. Valcora. But, like, I don't see him kill. I don't see him. Killing Kitsch, I want to see him killing Bezirides. What
0: if he kills Bezirides? I think that'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> People would be so <laughs> mad. Everyone who was pissed about like, feminists <laughs> and stuff and the first one would be like, fuck. And they killed you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Alright, final thoughts before we wrap up here. Um,
1: anything you want to add here, Walker? Anything you got? I got a few things.
0: Yeah, final thoughts. Um, well, actually. You know, I think like Brady usually covers this part of the episode, but I just want to say sorry about not getting it out by Wednesday. I'm having a lot of uh, having a lot of arguments with our lot of creative decisions that right. you know. the network is not really seeing <laughs> <a scene laughs> our point of view. Folks, they don't see the vision. Okay, please they write know, to them and yeah, we'd love it if you did. Also, they fired one of our producers this week and. They claimed chemical dependency and okay. She gets into some whiskey before communication. So did Ernest Hemingway. Didn't make his writing any less good. So what? So what? She wants to get drunk in the morning? She still and anyway, yeah. Who are we to judge? We think we got it worked out, so next week we'll be back on schedule. Brady, take it away. <laughs> Um, a few things. Oh,
1: yeah. Michelangelo took baby naps throughout the day. Remember that? Yeah, just <laughs> <how> he's <laughs> like Michelangelo took. <laughs> get back to your work. Michelangelo. Um, the, the bar singer. Every episode, do we have to have that freaking yeah. bar singer every episode? Like, if she doesn't get some sort of character development, or if there's, if she doesn't play into the plot somewhere or another, if we don't get some sort of like name to that face, like what?
0: She just said the it's tone like, of the show? Yeah, it's like, no, it's like... A she little, play there like every a, single night? I, it's a device for the scene, like, you know. It's like, so you can bring back to a central place. She just, just makes, like, the saddest music there is. It's just, like, the most depressing shit. That's where, like, a fair amount of plot development happens, though. So, like, big decisions will happen, but I still think it's just, an annoying the shit. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, and then the chick in the bar,
1: too. The bartender that was always like, eyeing up Ray. Like, <laughs> yeah. I still just don't... She... Can we just get more on that front, just a little more than just her, like, looking over at Ray and being, like distressed? I mean, she must know, like, what's going on, and there must be some sort of backstory with her and Ray, But she just must know a great deal about Rey in the background, and she must just be concerned about
0: it. That's been a problem with the whole season, though. She's been really slow. It's extremely slow, and another
1: problem is just there's so many things going at once. There's just not enough. They're starting t- to tie it together, but yeah. it's, just, it's just too much. I think
0: it's like they're trying to narrow it to a point which will be the conclusion, but they're still like a fucking light year apart. Yeah, yeah, but I'm That's no nice. seriously, I'm optimistic about these last three episodes. I, hope I so. think in general
1: the season will turn out to be pretty average, but I think these last three episodes will be a fun ride for all of us. Um, last thing I had is change. They change the intro music every time. Yeah, there's... Any, super, anything I, to make of that?
0: Or what do you think is the whole point behind that? Well, this is the first time I noticed it. You pointed it out, and then I was listening. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, dude, they do the change-up the intro every single time. But uh, I don't know what to make out of it. I don't look too far into the lyrics
1: and what's actually switched up. I just yeah. noticed. Uh, and that's something I'm doing. I'm sure there's some sort of purpose behind it, but... A is of those, pretentious, kind of. That so, could be it. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? All right, well, that's
0: all we got this week, folks, huh? Huh? Whatever. What do you think, man? Hey. Should we sign off now? Hey, hey,
1: hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey I'm ready back here. I'm Martin Walker. And this is true enough. Take care easy folks. See you okay. next week.